RTHK, the news at 1 o'clock with Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines, a foreign affairs expert says the AUKUS defense pact shows the U.S. wants to keep up what he called its Cold War mentality against China. The foreign ministry announces a major easing of travel restrictions that have been in place since the outbreak of the COVID pandemic. And banking shares around the region are sold off by investors unnerved by the failure of two banks in the United States. The leaders of the United States, Britain and Australia meeting in California have given details of a defense pact that will provide Australia with nuclear powered attack submarines. A professor in politics and international relations in Shanghai says the announcement shows the U.S. wants to keep up what he called its Cold War mentality against China. Joseph Gregory Mahoney from East China Normal University in Shanghai said Beijing's appointment of Qing Gang as foreign minister and General Li Shangfu as defense minister show that Beijing is holding its ground. This is another step, another indication that China is going to take its own path. It's going to, it's going to promote its own people. And the United States will now be in the difficult position of either dealing with uh, uh, Defense Minister Li or um, are, are continuing to, uh, to blacklist him. So I think these are, you know, both sides are, are, are digging in. Um, I don't see either side really abating it. And I think the Biden announcement uh, with, with the submarines um, is part of the, the American effort to, to keep up its, its uh, side of the harsh narrative. The Australian Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, said it was the biggest single defense investment in Australian history, costing up to $245 billion U.S. dollars. The AUKUS agreement we confirm here in San Diego represents the biggest single investment in Australia's defence capability in all of our history, strengthening Australia's national security and stability in our region and delivering a superior defence capability into the future. Mainland authorities say they will once again start issuing a range of visas to foreigners from tomorrow. The Foreign Ministry's move is a major easing of travel restrictions that have been in place since the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic, as Vicky Wong reports. The move was made after authorities last month declared victory over a recent surge in the virus and is expected to help rekindle a 17 trillion US dollar economy that suffered one of its slowest rates of growth in nearly half a century last year. The foreign ministry said areas in the country that required no visas prior to the pandemic will revert to visa-free entry. This will include the southern island of Hainan and cruise ships passing through Shanghai port. Visa-free entry for certain tourist groups from Hong Kong, Macau and countries within the ASEAN regional grouping to the southern manufacturing hub of Guangdong will also be resumed. National Security Police have arrested two men suspected of possessing seditious books, which the force say are believed to be related to a completed sedition court case. Officers say the two men, aged 38 and 50, were arrested in a joint operation with the Customs Department. Police say they seized the books after searching the arrestees' homes and offices. The government said all five franchised bus companies here have applied to raise their fares, with one operator seeking a 50% rise for some services. In a paper submitted to LegCo, authorities said KMB had applied for a 9.5% rise, while Long Wind Bus wants to charge 8.5% more. City Bus and New World First Bus, meanwhile, are asking for a $2 hike for most of their routes, but City Bus is hoping to raise its airport bus services by 50%. Authorities say most operators were in the red in the past years, partially due to a drop in passenger numbers.
The hospital authority has reported two more incidents of malfunctioning equipment. It said the circuit board of a patient call bell light box set at Queen Mary Hospital malfunctioned on Sunday and a tube device at a nursing station at North District Hospital malfunctioned yesterday. The authority said no patients or staff were injured. Turning overseas now, and South Korea says North Korea has fired two short-range ballistic missiles into the sea east of the Korean Peninsula. It's the latest in a series of internationally banned weapons tests by Pyongyang. The launches come a day after South Korea and the United States began their biggest joint military exercises in five years. The Mexican president, Andres Manuel López Obrador, has claimed that his country is safer than the United States, despite the murder of two Americans who were kidnapped earlier this month. He criticized U.S. government warnings against travel to parts of Mexico. Mexico is safer than the U.S., and there's no problem with traveling safely across Mexico. That's something the U.S. citizens know and something our fellow countrymen know. It's not that they're afraid. It's not that this violence you mentioned really exists. No, it's manipulation, pure and vile manipulation. The murder rate in Mexico is four times higher than in the United States. The Mexican government has said that at least seven people who died when a boat capsized off the coast of San Diego in Southern California on Saturday were Mexican nationals. Two small boats had issued distress calls. One capsized, but the other managed to reach the shore. James Gartland is the chief lifeguard at San Diego Fire and Rescue. When lifeguards arrived on scene, we arrived in rescue mode. We did the best we could to recover people from the water, try and find survivors. After about an hour of searching, we were in recovery mode for about five hours after that. The access to the area was very difficult due to the tide and the coastal cliff there. The Mexican consulate in San Diego said the boats were being used by people smugglers. Colombia's left-wing president Gustavo Petro says the country's largest drug cartel, the Clan del Golfo, has broken a ceasefire agreed last December. The BBC's Mimi Swaibi has more. Mr. Petro accused the group of destroying an aqueduct in Antioquia province amid roadblocks by illegal gold miners, leaving thousands without drinking water. The agreement was brokered as part of efforts to end the group's role in Colombia's internal conflict, which has killed at least 450,000 since it began in 1964. The president said there is no possibility of negotiations with the group if they continue attacks. He came to power last year promising to unite the South American nation and create national peace after decades of conflict. A storm that's ripped through Malawi has left at least 99 people dead and overwhelmed rescue teams. The government has declared a state of emergency following Tropical Storm Freddy. The BBC's Will Ross reports. Video footage from Malawi shows terrifying amounts of brown water cascading through neighbourhoods. As is often the case, the densely populated, poorer communities are hit the hardest. Brick walls have crumbled into these new rivers and many homes have been entirely swept away. There had been warnings to move to higher ground, but many people stayed until it was too late. The authorities expect the number of dead to rise for some time because the rain is incessant. In neighbouring Mozambique, there's likely to be rain until at least Wednesday. 
Finance now and back to one of our main stories. Shares in banks around the world have slumped despite President Biden's assurance that the U.S. government would guarantee customer deposits of two collapsed lenders, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. The BBC's Theo Leggett has more. The general picture is that if there are fears about the health of the banking sector, then those fears are almost by definition international because the banking sector is international. And the issue that the banking sector as a whole is facing at the moment is anxiety. Nobody's quite sure where the next problem is going to come from. The issues at Silicon Valley Bank appeared almost out of the blue and they blew up into something big very, very quickly. So now people are asking themselves, well, what about other banks? What assets are other banks holding that could cause a problem in an environment of rising interest rates? A short time ago, HSBC was down just over 5% or $2.85 at 53.45. Major banks in Japan, South Korea and Australia have also fallen. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was down 1.8% at 19,335, but the Finance Sub-Index was off 2.6%. European markets have also been affected, but the Irish politician Pascal Donahoe, who currently heads the informal meetings of Eurozone finance ministers, said the bloc's banks were safe. Our banks are overall in good shape. We have strengthened them enormously in recent years, and they are under the close supervision of national and European authorities. But this is a reminder to us that shocks to the banking system can emerge at any time, how important it is to ensure the resilience of our banking system and to continue with our efforts to strengthen banking union. The Biden administration has approved an eight billion U.S. dollar oil drilling scheme in Alaska, despite fierce opposition from environmentalists. The energy giant ConocoPhillips will drill at three sites as part of the Willow project. Supporters say the project will create thousands of jobs. Opponents argue the project is in a pristine environment. Natalie Mabane is the climate campaign director for Greenpeace USA. We are very much uh, disappointed that President Biden would make a decision to approve the largest proposed oil project on federal lands. And there's definitely going to be a response to this. Very likely lawsuits are going to result very soon from this. This is definitely not the end. The Japanese billionaire Matsutoshi Ito, who made the convenience store 7-Eleven a famous name worldwide, has died. He was 98. The BBC's Michael Bristow has this report. With their distinctive logo, 7-Elevens are one-stop shops that sell everything from coffee to snacks and groceries. The chain was founded in Texas in the United States nearly 100 years ago, but it was Masatoshi Ito who turned it into a globally recognised brand, which now has more than 80,000 stores. He'd already successfully expanded a family business of clothing shops in Japan when he bought into 7-Eleven in the 1970s. By then, he'd become enthralled by American culture. He once said he owed his success to hard work and to luck. Russia says it's prepared to prolong a deal that allows grain to be shipped from Ukrainian ports. Kiev is still considering the Russian terms. The Russian deputy foreign minister, Sergei Vershinin, said Moscow would agree to a 60-day extension, half the duration of the two deals reached since July. He made the announcement after talks with the U.N. delegation in Geneva. The deal is due to expire on Saturday. And to sports and the legendary American high jumper Dick Fosbury, whose technique revolutionized the sport, 
has died at the age of 76. The method he pioneered, throwing himself backwards over the bar, is now used by almost all serious high jumpers, the Fosbury flop. The BBC's Steve Jackson reports. Dick Fosbury was still at high school when he began experimenting with a new high jump technique, taking a diagonal run-up, twisting in the air and gliding over the bar backwards. It seemed to work much better than the traditional straddle method or diving over face down. Four years later, Fosbury used his technique at the 1968 Mexico Olympics to the astonishment of the crowds and many of his rivals. It won him a gold medal and an Olympic record. By the next games, the majority of competitors had adopted his method. As one high jump coach put it, he literally turned his sport upside down. Reflecting on it years later, Dick Fosbury explained what he had been thinking. It was not that I was trying to win, but I was trying to not lose. I was the worst high jumper on our team. My body changed its position going from sitting up over the bar to laying flat on my back. By the end of the day, I, I improved by half a foot. I knew then that I may have something. And to football, and bidders interested in buying the English Premier League Giants Manchester United have arrived in the city for talks about the acquisition of the club currently owned by the American Glazer family. The Qatari Sheikh Shasim, who owns one of his country's largest banks, and the British businessman Jim Ratcliffe are amongst those interested. But reports say neither bid has met the asking price of $7.2 billion U.S. dollars. The BBC's Simon Stone says the Glaciers are still profiting from the club despite being deeply unpopular with the fans. They make money through uh, share dividends for the uh, shareholders, which the vast majority of whom are, are members of the Glazer family. They make profits... Uh, or at least they can make profits, especially uh, when they're not spending huge amounts on new players and also are playing in the Champions League and getting to the latter stages of that competition and, and doing well in the Premier League. On a day-to-day -day basis, Manchester United make money, but clearly there is a huge debt, around £600 million worth of debt against the club. And as I say, the Glazer family are... It's believed wanting more to sell it than the current value of the club, uh, given that it's, it's floated on the, on the New York Stock Exchange at just under, I think, around $2 billion at the moment. I think the Glazer family are wanting a lot more than that. And taking a quick look at the weather forecast for this afternoon and tonight. Mainly cloudy, dry with sunny periods in the afternoon. Moderate easterly winds and the outlook, sunny periods in the next few days. It will be warm during the day, cloudy in the morning and at night. Currently at the observatory, the temperature is 21 degrees Celsius, with the relative humidity standing at 67%. And that's the news, sports and weather from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3. somebody in a video talking about something i posted in a video if it was a meeting would you even get offended or is it just because i'm black and heavy y'all don't hear me though i've been the same since i've been driving slow on bizonet call up anybody i know and they will tell you that famous pretty new but i've been used to people judging me that's why i move the way i move and why i'm so in love with me i'm used to feeling 
Special on Radio 3. It's the brew for a Tuesday. In about 10 or so, going to go off to New Zealand, catch up with Dr. Marion Pierce, who's going to take us cycling and walking in New Zealand. Basically. We're going to the beach in Wellington. This is Lewis Capaldi. Drag mining through the dirt. Somehow it doesn't hurt, though. Guess you're still holding on. You told your friends you want me dead and said that I did everything wrong And you're not wrong Well, I'll take all the vitriol but not the thought of you moving on Cause I'm not ready to find out you know how to forget me I'd rather hear how So great, my heart is still your place, babe Guess I still feel the same No, you can't stand my face Some stars you can't erase, babe Guess you still feel the same Well, I'll take all the vitriol But not the thought of you moving on Cause I'm not 